0: Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with Evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's Evangelist Jonathan. All right, more people coming in. Welcome, everybody. Oh, look at this. Almost got the, the whole original crew back. Thanks for coming in. Tonight, are we in a recession or not? I find this very important. I saved up some articles about the economy. I want to go over them with you. I think it's important to know the economy affects. Hey, Stephanie, Jessica, everybody that's in, I love you. Thanks for not giving up on me with my crappy rural South Dakota cell phone signal. Um, I have a liquid death with me I'm ice cold liquid death. Hope you have a nice beverage with you. Um, by the way, night two, let me add my uh, my nephew slash best bud in. Um, night one, we had trouble getting bikers on the field. Obviously, nobody's going to Sturgis to come hear a sermon and give their life to the Lord. So uh, we made a few tech, but we, we got about, what, 18 bikers on the field, and then seven came forward to receive Jesus Christ. But then tonight, made a few tactical changes. The team did a great job. And um, we had over 100 on the field. And we had, I haven't seen yet, I think 18 come forward to receive Jesus Christ. So it's turning. And that's really the sign of whether you can do evangelism or not. Anybody can go preach at a packed out on fire church. But those kind of situations, you got to reach into the the gifting God gave you to, to turn the meeting. So we did it and it's going to grow the rest of the week. I'm very happy. Colton, Carla, welcome in. Okay. So we're going to release this as a podcast. And you guys, uh, if you don't know, if you're new to stereo, if you hit that little voice recorder button, you can leave me a message and I'll play the message. But, uh, there's our first one. Roger Ling from from South Carolina if I remember right. That was a great message. Great job. Well, so you watch you watched Roger. Thanks for watching. Um all right. So here this is important about the economy. I'm not gonna waste your time. I know if you're on the East Coast. Where I live, it's uh it's not early. So let me let me get to it. Here's the articles. Okay. I'm gonna skip that one. I'm just gonna focus on the the economy stuff. All right, Brian Westbury, who is a conservative um, economist who I've followed the last two years, he's been dead on the money. And he, if m- most of you probably know, the people who back Biden are trying to say that we're not in a recession. The people that don't like Biden, are trying to say we are in a recession because it makes Biden look bad. Plus everything's so political that you just say the opposite of what everyone says. But Brian Westbury believes we are not in a recession. And I also believe we're not in a recession. And I find it's important, and that's why I wanted to do this, this uh, podcast on stereo, because if you think we're in a recession, it's gonna affect all the moves you make in business. It's gonna make affect all the moves you make in, um, for your family. You're not going to plan to go forward because um, you think the economy's crashing when in reality it's not. And uh, you got to be careful. You know how just because people hate Trump, they'll just take ridiculous opinions just because Trump takes the other opinion? You got to make sure you don't do the same thing as a conservative, that just because uh, the, the liberals believe something or Biden's team believes something, that you just automatically take the opposite. So, This is what Brian Westbury says. It doesn't matter how emphatic you are, how many dictionaries or other news people say it, a recession is not two quarters of declining real GDP. It never has been. Go to NBER.org. It has not ever been changed. This is NBER's definition. So here's the definition. Because a recession must influence the economy broadly and not be confined to one sector. The committee emphasizes economy wide measures of economic activity. So, for the sake of time, it goes through all the ways a recession is measured. Conservatives are trying to make it where it's just two straight declining uh, GDP, two straight quarters of declining GDP. But that's not only one metric that they use to measure it. And of the metrics, that's the only one that's showing a recession. So let's keep going. Uh, I'm skipping this article, it's called The Dollar Remains the World Reserve Currency, which is important because as long as it does, um, the US economy can only get hit so hard pretty much. But continuing on, Brian Westbury again, the NBER looks at this data to determine a recession, not just GDP. Of the six indicators of recession, only one is negative real retail sales, which are coming off a sugar high of unsustainable pandemic checks. Compare these data to the previous five recessions. If we are in a recession, this is the best recession ever. And I was talking about this when I got cut off last time. Um, I was alive and well in the 2008 recession. And you could tell we were in a recession. That was the first time I ever took a Dallas out to a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse because Ruth's Chris Steakhouse was running a deal. One shared appetizer, two entrees, and one shared dessert for $80. So restaurants were having to run deals to get people through the doors. Um, If you go to the mall now, there's like a line out the Gucci store, a line out the Louis Vuitton store. There There were no lines, I can assure you, in the 2008 recession. The malls were empty. You know, you could tell nobody was spending money. So that's why, it would, it, you know, after being through the 2008 recession, I was slow to, when they said we were in one, it just doesn't feel like it. And there's there's layers to that, which I'm going to get into. Uh, what's the next article? I already did that one. After adjusting for inflation, real GDP was down 0.9% at an annual rate in quarter two. Inventories alone subtracted 2%. Ex-inventories, real GDP was up. Corporate profits are still rising, and the pouting pundits of pessimism are likely to stop the Fed early. Good news for stocks. So again, great news. Um, Let me find another one. No, that's the one I just read. Um, This is a piece. I'm going to read it. We will likely have a recession within two years, but we're not in one right now. So this is by Brian Westbury out of his first trust. And it's not long. Oh, no, you know what? I'm not going to read it because it's not. It's audio. But that's that's the summation. We are likely. We will likely have a recession within two years, but we're not in one right now. Important to know. Um, let's keep going. This is a liberal economist who's verified. He said, "Put that recession talk away and change the subject." July payrolls came in at a huge plus five hundred and twenty-eight thousand, and unemployment is down to three point five percent. So those are not recession signs. And then uh this next article is important before i get to it this is where i got cut off i just wanted to throw this in how many of you by a show of emoji hands or listening on your podcast you can raise your actual hand have heard talk like china is buying up all u.s farmland right uh vance Ginn said well why are some getting fired up over Very little U.S. land owned by China when there's much bigger problems in America. So I didn't know this, but foreign holdings of agriculture land. Canada is the most. Netherlands, second most. Italy, third. UK, four. Germany, five. Six, Portugal. Seven, Denmark. Eight, Luxembourg. Nine, Mexico. Ten, Cayman Islands. Eleven, Switzerland. Twelve, Japan. Thirteenth is China. So, China's not even in the top 12 of foreign land holdings, uh, foreign agricultural land holdings. And they are 0.02%. So, if they're going to buy up our farmland, they have 99.98% to go. Very little. They own two through 2019. Now, this is the last table available, 2019, but they own 200,000 acres total. So even if they've doubled that, even if they're up to a million, um, they would still be 9 million acres behind Canada. And they'd be 4 million acres behind the Dutch. Italy Italy would have two and a half times more. So that, that seems like fear tactics to me. Obviously, you don't want China buying up farmland near U.S. airports and stuff like that. But they they don't own that much land, farmland. Let's keep going. I'm not going to waste your time. Here's the next one. And I think this might be the most important one on the whole chat. Uh, amid recession fears, economically free states continue to outperform. So before I read the article, this is what I really wanted you to know. Number 1 not only are we not in a recession um nationally think of how insane it would be to live in Texas or Florida or Tennessee or South Dakota and because they're talking that you know we're we're in a recession nationally well then you live in let's say you live in Florida and you say man we're in a recession not only are we not in a national recession Florida is having maybe its best time economically it's ever had. The states that stayed open, because you have to remember the numbers are averaged out through the whole country, but the whole country's not going through the same thing. There's a vast difference between what New York City is experiencing and what Tampa is experiencing. Tampa's in an economic boom where New York's getting hurt, Chicago's getting hurt, but Nashville. Is doing great. Austin, Texas is doing great. So what a shame, you know, just because you listen to these, these blanket national numbers. There, you know, some states are actually having their best economic time they've ever had. And when you think about it, there would be people who live in those states that would say that are saying, Man, we're in a recession. No, not not only are you not in a recession, you're in an amazing economic time. But because you think that way, you're making, you know, you're, you're worried about food in the fall and what, what a shame. So let me read this article real quick. Here it is. It's in the Tennessee Star. I haven't read it yet. I'm going to read it with you. It'll be like a little bedtime story. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis recently responded to questions about California Governor Gavin Newsom ads airing in Florida. It's almost hard to drive people out of a place like California, given all the natural advantages, and yet they are finding a way to do it. He noted that California is hemorrhaging its population because of bad progressive economic policies so that they could be more free. Florida ranks third in the nation for economic freedom, according to the Fraser Institute. There's a hyperlink. Do I dare click it? Because I don't know if I can get this article back. I'd like to see. And California ranks second to last. Anyone else interested who the Fraser Institute, what states? They rank the most economically free. I'm clicking on it. They have an interactive map. Hmm. It does it by like, so I'm guessing red Red is bad. Blue is good on the map. Um, Okay, here's red states that are the least economically free. Alaska. Wow, that's shocking. I thought Alaska would be more free. Alaska, Hawaii, Oregon, California, New Mexico, Minnesota, Alabama. Also shocking. West Virginia, Delaware, New York, Rhode Island. Vermont and Maine are the least economically free. Most economically free. I'll read those and I'll leave the the other ones out. Idaho, North and South Dakota, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Indiana, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, Virginia, and New Hampshire. And then the rest are in the middle. I would like to uh, I would like to delve into that more so right now the question is can I get back to the other thing can I get back yes I can here we go all right Florida ranks third in the nation for economic freedom California ranks second to last. Our own study supports the position of DeSantis. Freer states that were more reluctant to shut down their economies due to COVID-19 are doing much better economically than states with severe shutdowns. Even a state like California is suffering, which was once considered an American paradise for nearly a century with its perfect weather and natural beauty. Pause for drink. That water is delicious. This month's U.S. job report showed an increase of 372,000 net non-farm jobs in June, yet it's still under the pre-shutdown number by 524,000. The Biden administration trumpeted the good news of job growth, yet the real story is in the details. Labor participation is lagging, and inflation-adjusted average hourly earnings are declining, and the bulk of the new jobs added are decisively in lower-tax, pro-growth-oriented states. Residents are fleeing California, New York, Illinois, and Pennsylvania for places like Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and Texas. DeSantis noted that it was once unusual to see California license plates in Florida, but it's now a growing trend. Of the 14 states that have recovered all their jobs lost due to the shutdowns, 12 are in states with legislatures and governors championing, championing a better fiscal and regulatory climate. This supports lower costs of living that offer new residents greater purchasing power and better opportunities to weather a looming recession. Perhaps the most important statistic is how Americans are voting with their feet. 46 million Americans changed zip codes in a 12 month period ending in February, 2022. That's the most moves since 2010. California, New York, and Illinois had the highest domestic migration losses, and Florida, Texas, and Arizona. Boy, I could be talked into that, gaining the most. PODS, a moving and storage company, offered up their own data on where Americans are increasingly headed. Virtually every destination benefiting now is in the Southeast, Texas, or Arizona. PODS continually cites that people say the lower cost of living as a primary reason for relocation. U-Haul released a report showing essentially the same results and there are private research organizations as well with more corroborating evidence such as how money walks that uses irs data and it's not just people that are moving but businesses too check this out in june caterpillar incorporated a fortune 500 company announced they're moving their headquarters from deerfield illinois where they have been since the early 1900s to irving texas this makes texas now the headquarters of 54 of the fortune 500 companies in the world. Remington Firearms, America's oldest firearm manufacturer, recently announced its relocation from New York to the Georgia. The list goes on and on. You know, when somebody says the list goes on and on, it makes me wonder if, if it really does or not, because why did you only name two? But I like Vance again, so I'll believe it. Competition among states for residents and businesses is a booming trend that doesn't look like it will abate soon. Undoubtedly, ad campaigns and recycled political rhetoric will catch up the, f- the fight on both political sides for new residents and commercial enterprises. Yet the policies of lower spending and taxes, deregulation and stronger property rights resulting in more freedom are winning. Prolonged COVID-19 related shutdowns and excessive government mandates prove to be a formula for economic destruction. The evidence in favor of economic opportunity and robust markets is overwhelming. Fortunately, Americans are now seeing and acting on not only mounting evidence, but also their own real life experiences, which is the true test of which approach is more viable. And that's Vance Ginn and Eric Randolph in the Tennessee Star. So if you're in Tennessee, Arizona, Texas, or Florida, it's especially insane for you to talk about a recession because your states are booming. And I think I have one more article that I wanted to, to do. Uh, that's the same one. (sighs) Timothy Fiore, ISM chair. This is a quote. Out of every eight companies that responded to the employment survey, seven of them are continuing to hire. I'm not saying that we're not going to get to a recession, but what I'm saying is in the month of July, the manufacturing community is still not there, so... Manufacturing companies still hiring, which is great. Somebody commented underneath to Brian Westbury. I trust you as much as any economist, so I'll pose a question. In any recession, wouldn't there always be conflicting signals? Westbury said, of course, but six of five of six indicators that the ender follows are positive. So I think it's important to know we're not in a recession. And it's important just because you don't like Biden not to just take the opposite viewpoint because it could be the wrong viewpoint. Just like liberals will take the opposite of whatever Trump says and uh, oftentimes put themselves in positions to believe very stupid things. So, all right. Hope that helped. Anybody have anything you want to add or a question you want to ask about the crusade, about the economy? You can leave me a voice message. I will play it and I will, uh, I'll, I would love some feedback on the podcast night. Roger already jumped in. There must be some people that know how to do this on the little voicemail thing. They won't see you. So it's just your voice. So if you're, All ready for bed with your makeup off, it's no problem. Go on, this is your chance to talk to a big star. Don't be nervous. Wow, very, very reserved group. There we go. Darren Robbins. Hey, Jonathan. Uh, Not about the economy, but have you seen the news out of Mar-a-Lago tonight uh, where the FBI raided uh, Donald Trump's uh, place there? Uh, Great one. I did see it. And I'm going to tell you what I tweeted. So if, if you're not familiar with what uh, Darren brought up, the FBI raided Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, um, and I wrote, as dumb as the GOP is, the Democrats may even be dumber. Trump was fading into obscurity, and you just made him relevant. Americans don't like to see people bullied. Biden will lose more ground, and Trump will shoot up in the polls. So. If you were trying to get Trump elected, I mean, I think a lot of, you know, how I feel about Trump. I voted for him twice. I would be happy for him not to run in 2024. And I feel like if DeSantis ran against him, DeSantis would, would beat him, but not now because Americans rally behind somebody who's being bullied. That's how I don't, you know, if you're listening from another country, I don't know how it goes in your country, but Americans don't like that. And, um, Mike Tyson is a great example of how Americans feel about people. When he was champion, uh, he ended up going to jail. Americans like to take you down when you're at the top. But if you're at the bottom, when Mike Tyson hit bottom, everybody loves him now. He's super popular. And and if they do that to Trump, people don't like that. I don't just mean Republicans. I mean Americans. Americans root for people who are being bullied. So if you were trying to get Trump reelected, this is the what what to do. It's a huge mistake from a DNC uh, standpoint. And I think we have another message, because I thought, oh, oh, everybody's popping in now. Abigail. I am all ready for bed with my makeup off, but I just wanted to say thank you. These are very helpful and informative, and I will definitely be getting on here more. Thank you. Thank you, Abigail. I appreciate everybody taking some time to come on, Sarah. Hey, Jonathan, it's Sarah. Just wanted to say great job out in Sturgis and hi to Adalis and Camila. Um, I don't see a recession here too much in California, but I did notice the gas being in Texas last week was $2 a gallon cheaper, but that's no surprise to anybody. So keep going out in Sturgis and we'll be watching you every night. Well said. Yeah, it's not, not that we n- won't necessarily have one. This, the end of this year is important. And what the Fed decides to do is important. But it we're not in one now. Or like Brian Westbury sarcastically said, if we are in one, it's the best recession ever. Anybody else before we call it a podcast? And I will, uh, I'll likely do more of these because this is enjoyable. I like the format. Hey, Ed, good to see you. Ed Vargas, good guy. Okay, let's do this before we call it a night. Just pop on and tell your name, where you're listening from, and how you first discovered me. And then and then we'll call it a day. So that I'm giving you that as a responsibility. Name, where you're listening from, and I would like to know where you discovered me. That uh that always interests me. So, I'll give you a second to record. We'll run through them real quick. I'll say a little good night prayer for you, and we'll call it a night. All right, let's go, Roger Lane. Hey, Jonathan, this is Roger Lane from South Carolina. I discovered you when you did like the first Festival of Lives back in the day. Which, by the way, was seven years ago. Uh, next week, it popped up in a Dallas Facebook thing. On this date, everybody was packing the food boxes for Nice Town. So, seven years later, still still uh, doing that. Darren, hey, this is Darren. I'm in uh, Roy City, Texas, and you came out here to Cattle Mills last year. Those are great meetings in Kettle I'll be back in Dallas in September. Kevin. Kevin Mercer, Louisville, Kentucky. I met, uh, saw you first time. You were on Channel 21 in Louisville when you were at Evangel. And uh, I've still got my makeup on. It's a darn shame you can't see me. Hi again. My name is Abigail. I'm listening from Texas and I first heard about you in 2020 when everything was shutting down and you were out preaching. Um, some friends told me about you and I was actually able to visit you in Dallas. That's great, Abigail. Glad glad we got to meet. Again, I'll be back in Dallas in September. Uh, Church in the City in Raleigh. Three. Hi. Say hi, Jonathan. Bethany, still have your kids out at uh, past midnight. Not judging. This is Kim from Honolulu, Hawaii. And I found you through a friend who goes to King's Chapel on Oahu. Oh, that's awesome. We love Hawaii. I was actually, that was my wife's Instagram memories on her Facebook page too. It was 11 years ago. Today I was in Maui and uh, we were doing the meetings that Ended up launching the the King's Chapel in Maui. So, good memories. Louis. Louis Orozco from Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. First saw you at the river. I think you did one of the offering messages for Rodney during one of the conferences. Uh, We love you very much over here. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you, Louis. Next. I'm KB in Texas. It's been a few minutes since my last show on stereo, and I was going through the shows and I saw your show. And now I'm listening to your audience and not your show. Who the hell are you? Oh, me? Nobody. Nobody in particular, but I'm glad you found me on here and nice to have you. Sarah. Hi there. This is Sarah from Tampa, Florida. And I first heard of you from Doctor Rodney Howard Brown's green desk. You were letting it rip. <laughs> hey, this is Gilbert from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I saw you on the stand at the river and just want to see if you were gonna come to the men's conference with Dr. Ro- Doctor Rodney Howard Brown. When when is the men's conference? I may I may be there. Kimberly. Kim from Houston, Pennsylvania, and you came to a local church in 2015 and I've been following since. You have been a blessing and I appreciate everything you do. Those were great meetings. That local church was Central Assembly of God in Houston. and That went three weeks. I can't remember, I think it went, did it go two weeks, a break, and then another week? But those were were powerful meetings. That's cool. I, I didn't know that's when you found me, Jason. Hello, Pastor Jonathan. I'm from Los Angeles, California, and I found you through YouTube. Interesting. Just a random find on on YouTube. That that makes me happy. Well, I'll say a little prayer for you. Father, I thank you for all my stereo and podcast friends. I pray you bless them wherever they are today, wherever they're listening. Every issue of concern that they're facing, I pray you lift it from them. Thank you for good success in everything we put our hand to. Thanks for giving us strength and wisdom to turn things around here in Sturgis. Thank you for more increase tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I'm going to make the same offer to you I made for the people that were uh, watching on YouTube tonight. I'm in Sturgis, South Dakota all week. We're doing an evangelistic rally. We don't take any offerings. I uh, we're—I should say like this. We're not taking any offerings at this one. However, if you would like to give and you see what we're doing in Sturgis and like it as a way to say thank you, I'm going to send you T.L. Osborne's book. It's an evangelism book. It's called The Message That Works. It's what they would preach when they went to all these different countries. And back when he was going... Some places it was the first time the gospel had ever been preached in that country, and he's going to tell what they preached and what it would do. It's worth reading. So I'm making that available just today. If you're listening on podcast or listening live right now, if you go to revivaltoday.com and click give now, and then remember you have to do the claim your offer thing too, because if you don't, um, and you give by Cash App or whatever, then we have no way to send it to you. And then and you. You'll have secret tension between you and me because you think I lied to you. So RevivalToday.com and you click Give Now and then go to the Claim My Offer part when you're done doing that. And I'll send you that book for standing with us this week at Sturgis to, to reach the lost and the unchurched in uh, real evangelism in the United States. And I'll say thank you for it in advance. RevivalToday.com. You click Give Now and I want to send a book called The Message That Works. Ashley. Hey, this is Ashley. I am in Springfield, Ohio, and I first heard of you. I think it was Summer Camp Meeting 2016 in Tampa, and I've been following ever since. Oh, well, that's awesome, Ashley. Springfield, Ohio. I don't know where that is. I live right next to Ohio, but by the way, if you've never been to South Dakota before, it is beautiful. <laughs> the Black Hills. Are beautiful. And then Mount Rushmore, I don't know if you had heard this. Maybe I just heard it, but I'd heard it was, like, disappointing. Kind of like the – I've heard the Leaning Tower of Pisa is, like, very disappointing. You have to drive a long way to go see it in Italy, and then it's just no big deal. But I would put Mount Rushmore the second best national park I've ever been to. I would put it just behind Grand Canyon. I would put it ahead of Joshua tree. I'd put it above Yosemite. I've not been to um what's the one in Wyoming? So I've not been I've not been there but it it is like it it's a beautiful drive to it and it's beautiful to look at. So this is like a slept on place. You don't ever hear about anybody taking a trip out to South Dakota, but it is gorgeous. Springfield is very close to Dayton, Ohio, and you did a kingdom business summit here a few years ago um, for some friends of mine in business, and I went to that as well. Okay. I know where Dayton is, and um, I know who your friends are. They just came to see us at our church, actually. Great great couple. Just had a baby. Well, I love you. I'd love to stay and chat all night, but... I don't want to waste your time. Let me. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to revivaltoday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.